Let's enter into the majestic presence of our Lord this morning by turning in our Bibles to Psalm 9. Psalm 9, a psalm of David. Let me read to you, beginning at verse 11, and I'll read through the end of the chapter. Sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Higion, Selah. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Amen and amen to the precious word of God. In verse 11, the psalmist said, sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion, and we want to sing praises to our God. The way to interpret the first half of that verse is it's our God, because the Lord dwells in Zion, and he doesn't dwell elsewhere. He dwells in the spiritual Zion as we understand it in the New Testament. He also said in that 11th verse, this wonderful statement, declare among the people his doings. And so what we want to emphasize in our lives and in our worldview, since that is our topic and theme, that we want to emphasize his doings. Which, very briefly, is to, to say it's totally contrary to social media. Social media is all about you. I want to show everybody else about me. But we want to show everyone else about him. And so it's a huge difference. And so enjoy the last part of that 11th verse that we declare his doings. God does make inquisition for blood. He will come in vengeance, but his vengeance will miss his worshipers. Notice what it says. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He remembers his people. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. He remembers every cry you've made, every song you've sung to him, And today we want to give him our worship so that when he does come, and he is coming, and he is coming soon, to make inquisition for blood, we're overlooked. Whether it's practical or eternal, practical, it's conditional, eternal, it's evidential, we want to have both on our side by worshiping him today. Verses 13 and 14 are asking the Lord to save David for a reason. Notice that 13th verse, have mercy upon me, O Lord, consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me, 
Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. And then he explains why he wants to be saved. For a very noble and good purpose. That I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. Lord, save me and I will use my saved life to praise you and to rejoice in your salvation. Verse 15 tells us that the heathen are sunk down in the net that they have made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The heathen world is eating itself and eating at the consequences and results of its own sin. And all you have to do is look around to see that happening. That the heathen world is consuming itself by its iniquity. It has turned away from God and the right rules for living, and it's destroying itself. And it's a pleasure to watch it. Because they have turned themselves away from God, we get to see the results of it. Verse 16 is similar, and it tells us about our Lord God. The Lord, and that stands for Jehovah there in your King James Bibles. The Lord Jehovah is known by the judgment which he executeth. The kind of judgment that God issues into the world tells us about him. And so we should watch his judgments. We should read about them in the Bible. We should watch them in the world and realize that God is fulfilling his will and showing us his true character and integrity. The wicked are destroyed and they're shamed in their own sins. Higion, stop to behold this. Selah, pause and consider it. So we have a double stop at verse 16, which means we should consider verse 16 well. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. This is part of our world view. The Lord is not known by a manger scene being repeated with a halo over a baby that's glowing in the middle of the winter without clothes. And little baby angels floating around with little wing buds. That is not how the Lord is to be remembered. He's to be remembered and known by the judgment which he executes. Verse 17, worldview importance. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. This is the sentence of the Bible against those that want to turn away from God and not give him his praise and his worship that he is due and not give him the obedience that he is due. They shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. There are nations that forget God and there are nations that have made an attempt to remember God. And we happen to be in the category of the latter. Our nation is very wicked right now. But our nation had intentions different in the beginning. And there is still lip service given to the God of the Bible. And it's not given in Russia. And it's not given in China. In the last 70 years, Russia has been a main antagonist for our nation. And I will have a few comparisons to make about worldviews. Our worldview as a nation is very different from the worldview of Russia. And the consequences are very different. We are very blessed to have been chosen by God to have been born on these shores. This verse is an incredible political verse about the nations of the world and and a worldview. All the nations that forget God, that means they have a worldview that doesn't have axiom number one. What is axiom number one? God is. What have they done the last 70 years in Russia? They've tried to extirpate the knowledge of God. They've tried to enforce atheism. They've promoted atheism. 
They've taught atheism. And our nation is chasing them now. And so we must beg God for mercy and we must live the righteous lives for him to hear our prayers to save our nation. Verse 18. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. That's true in a very limited respect of all the needy and all the poor, but it's especially true of the needy and poor spiritually. When the poor of Zion and the humble of Zion are begging for God to deliver them from all the wicked nations around them, like was true of Israel and like is true of us, the Lord will remember and he will come and hear. He hears the sighing of his church when they were in Egypt. Did he hear their sighing? That sighing came all the way up into heaven. Did he do anything about it? Was there inquisition for blood? Was it ugly, gory, and terrible for Egypt? Was it wonderful, profitable, and pleasing for Israel? It was, and it was, and it was. Thank you, Lord. Verse 19, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. The call for judgment is good. It's a part of right praying. Here again, we see an angle and a worldview that's different from most Christians. And that is to have a prayer like this to arise and judge the wicked. And then verse 20, the prayer request continues from verse 19. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Humble these men that think they can bark against the Most High God. Humble them down, expose them, disgrace them, destroy their lives, turn their worlds upside down, turn them inside out. Heavenly Father, punish them for barking against thy people, barking against thy rule, barking against thy ordinances and thy word, and thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is Psalm 9 to introduce us again today to the theme of our worldview. We want to have the only right worldview, and that is taught in the Bible, and it's not gained anywhere else. And worldviews are mutually exclusive, and so we reject all competitors We esteem all of God's precepts concerning all things to be right, and we hate every false way, including the worldviews of other nations and of other individuals. No matter how powerful, how esteemed, how popular, we reject them, and we hate them because we want to love God's word. Hate is good when you're hating something bad. Love is good when you're loving something good. And we need to keep those distinctions right. Let us pray. O Lord God, our Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before thee as thy blood-bought children, undeserving of the least of thy grace, but especially the incomprehensible, transcendent, incredible, fabulous love that you have bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We thank thee, Holy Father, for revealing this to us by thy word and by thy spirit. We thank thee that we can read about it in the pages of Scripture as we have already heard this morning in our prayer meeting. And we thank thee, Heavenly Father, that thy present spirit, thyself, is in us and causes us to believe, to know, and to cry out, Abba, Father. O Lord God, Thou art our Father, by predestinated adoption through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
and thy children in times past, as it is now, are despised and hated by those around them, O Lord. In the days of Noah, when he warned the world of having corrupted thy way upon the earth, having corrupted the worldview they should have had from creation, thou didst send a flood and drown them all, and save the church of eight souls in the ark. Heavenly Father, we thank thee that in Egypt, when the greatest monarch on earth at the time said, Who is the Lord that I should serve him? You humbled him, O Lord, by ten plagues, taking away the firstborn in all the land, and then drowning him and his army in the Red Sea, and sent Israel, the church of God, on their way with the wealth of Egypt. Heavenly Father, we are in America today in 2019, and we thank Thee for this country. We thank Thee for its formation. We thank Thee for Your defense of it over a couple of centuries. We thank Thee, O Lord, for our government. We thank Thee for our rulers. We thank Thee for the peace that we have enjoyed, the prosperity on these shores. But most of all, Heavenly Father, and though very imperfect, we thank Thee that there was at least some efforts made to make this a Christian nation and that there were statements made and we still refer to some of those statements and in spite of all the caviling of the atheists and others, they still remain and we do give lip service as a nation to thee. O Lord, remember it. Never in the use of God in the history of this nation have we ever included Allah. It has always been the God of the Hebrews, and the God of the Bible, the Lord Jehovah. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Psalm 9, and we believe it. And we know that You are coming in vengeance on this earth, and we pray that You will have mercy on America, forgiving her sins in spite of herself. Heavenly Father, help us to repent first and show them how to do it, that we would cleanse our lives from all filthiness and impurities of the flesh, and perfect holiness in the fear of God. O Lord, preserve this nation for the sake of the righteous in it. And where those righteous are today, whether assembled in churches, sincerely seeking to worship Thee, or in their homes, for they know not where to worship Thee, bless them, draw nigh to them, open Thy word to them, strengthen them with Thy spirit. And Heavenly Father, help us here, to be the few righteous souls that might save America by the way we live. As we open our hymnals and sing, as we open the Word of God and read, as we hear preaching, as we hear a martyr's memorial, let us, Heavenly Father, humble ourselves before Thee and Thy Word, that You will see us a humble people and draw nigh to us. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sinfulness. Forgive us our omitting of the duties You've given us. Forgive us for committing the sins you've prohibited us. O Lord, our trust is in thee. We know that you will turn the nations upside down. O Lord, Babylon thought she was great, and Persia took her in a night. Persia thought she was great, and Alexander the Macedonian took out Persia with just a few men because you gave him great zeal, and you defended him and blessed him, and the Greek empire failed. And the Romans were overthrown, and America shall be overthrown unless she repents. But Heavenly Father, give us the worldview 
to look at world history and see your hand in all of it. And though there is a God of this world, and he's active in the political affairs of the nations, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the prince of the kings of the earth and has destroyed the works of the devil, and he that is within us is greater than he that is in the world. And our trust is in thee this day. Lord, be with us. Grant us your spirit. Without your spirit, our efforts are merely intellectual. They're merely fleshly. We want them to be spiritual. Lift up our new men today. Feed us with the word of God. And bless us, O Lord, to bless thee. Glorify thyself to us this day as you have already about your adoption of us as sons and by Psalm 9, and we shall glorify thee with the glory and strength you give us. We now humble ourselves before thee, and yet we enter boldly into thy presence through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, washing away our sins, and whose perfect righteousness is imputed to us. It's in his name and his name alone that we pray. Amen.